Hello, everybody. I know it's been a while. I always seem to be apologizing for how long it takes me to send you the next installment of the Talking Tuesday. And I apologize for that. <laughs> so there I go apologizing again. I've been busy. It's been a really busy first half of the year. Uh, there's been a lot going on, and I'll go through it as, as I talk to you today. And there's been some challenges and some good things and some bad things, as is always the case. I have the orange cat here next to me. She's very interested in what I'm doing. She she wants to know why I'm talking into the ether. And uh, so, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a busy first half of the year. I got my uh, thesis put together, the proposal for it anyways, uh, put together. I still have some minor details here and there to fix. Uh, I have some oral exams to take. I gave a seminar or a presentation to a group of people, about 20 people, on the proposal for my thesis. It was very well accepted. There were a lot of questions, which I surfed through just fine, answered them as best as I could. And uh, so now I'm moving on to the uh, getting ready for oral exams. And once I do the oral exams, then I'll be a candidate for the degree. Um, And then all I have to do is just work on the thesis itself, which is going to be between 12 and 14 months of work. So... I look forward to it. So I'm sitting here. It's a Sunday afternoon. My wife is away at a conference. I've gotten some stuff done around the house, as a good husband should. (laughs) Uh, And uh, I was watching Daredevil today, trying to catch up. If you haven't seen Daredevil on Netflix, you probably should. It is a very, very good uh, piece of television. A very good... um, you know, just fun superhero thing going on with a lot of um, a lot of deeper subtext to it. You know, what does it mean to be a hero? What does it mean to be a friend? Uh, can you really be a hero and then be somebody's in somebody's life with everybody chasing you around? Uh, and then the this season, the second season, there's this whole big plot about <clears throat> why doesn't he kill anyone? What does he? you know, just send people to jail but not kill the people that he comes up against. And he explains that um, everybody has the capacity for good in them and everybody can be good uh, even if they're they're very bad. There's this glimmer of hope that they'll be good people. And so he, he doesn't extinguish that little bit of a flame because once it's extinguished by killing them, then there's no chance that that person will ever be a good person. So... He explains this to somebody who is killing people and who is having his revenge on people. And that other person says, no, it's it's black and white, man. There's good people and there's bad. And you have to kill the bad people because otherwise they'll do their bad things again. And this really appealed to me um, from a philosophical point of view because... A lot of what I see going on in Baltimore with respect to the homicides and the shootings and the drug trade and the robberies and blah, blah, blah. A lot of people, they comment things online, uh, either on newspapers, Facebook, Twitter, etc. And they, they definitely have this affinity for wanting the criminals um, killed. So if they see that somebody broke into a house, these people get online and they say, well, the homeowner should have had a gun, so he would have killed whoever broke into his house. If they see that somebody got shot, they say, well, that person who got shot should have had a gun and shoot back. If there's a, there was a case of a 16-year-old uh, young man who got mad with his friends and shot them both dead inside a car, and uh, he was caught 
because they went to the same school and, you know, I guess they, the police figured it out. But anyways, he's 16 years old and instead of thinking that, hey, here's a um, troubled youth whose brain is not fully cooked and who doesn't understand things uh, about impulse control and conflict resolution and had a gun. By the way, how did he, how did he get that gun in his hands? Uh, no, the people just want him hung, uh, executed, otherwise disposed of, and, and that's just it. And then there's people who are reasonable about it and they see the bigger picture and they see that this kid in particular probably comes from a broken home uh, or obviously he was not taught how to deal with conflict. Uh, somebody put a gun in his hands and his brain is not fully developed. And so it's kind of a question of what did you expect was going to happen? Um, he was going to do something with that gun to people who he sees as having wronged him and he he killed them so um that's where i'm at because a lot of my thesis work as you may have read the series on the uh, story of a thesis a lot of my thesis work is going to be on violence in baltimore and i can't help but think that a lot of these stories are going to be repeating themselves over and over again as i go through them where you have a young person an otherwise young person who um was never taught conflict resolution, was never taught how to deal with people who wronged him, uh, who was taught that to be a man is to impose your authority on others, to grab the gun and go settle the score. And now they end up either getting killed or killing someone, which is virtually the same thing, and as much as they are thrown into jail and never heard from or seen again. Or if they are, they come out and they're even more hardened criminals now. Because in the prisons, they've learned how to be professional criminals instead of being rehabilitated. Uh, the United States moved away from the rehabilitation aspect of in incarceration a long, long time ago. And that's where we're at today. So I was talking about this with my wife, who is a mental health expert. And she was telling me all about how young people's brains don't develop fully until um, maybe in their early 20s, especially for males. Females seem to mature a little bit sooner than that. And so <clears throat> we're talking about the fear that we have if we become parents of our own kid being um, unstable or being, you know, put into trouble. But then she reassured me that there's a lot of modeling going on where the, the kid sees role models like his parents or her parents and uh, models after them. And she seems to believe uh, or is convinced that I would be a good role model for that kid. And I, that's very encouraging to hear. And I guess she's a little bit biased because she's my wife. And so, uh, but I believe her. She's, she's a very level-headed woman. And I think uh, she would be a great role model for a boy or a girl as well if we have one. So um, the semester or the term is ending for the School of Public Health. I TA'd a couple of courses, and I'm getting ready to TA some more next term. Um, it was a great experience as always. I learned a lot. I met a lot of interesting students from all over the world who had a lot of different views and perspectives on something as relatively simple as health communication. So how do you communicate to the public about a problem to do with uh, public health, and how do you do it effectively? And they had all sorts of ideas which were really, really good. None of them were uh, deficient in any way. I mean, they, they got the work done. And they had really good ideas on how to do the work. And so I, I was very impressed. Uh, so look out for them in the future on how they're going to communicate things about tobacco and violence and diabetes and cancer and stuff like that to the community. I, I think they're going to do a good job. 
getting all these things out there and helping people understand that um, it's not just how you live, it's also where you live, it's what you do, who you're with, etc. So they, they got a lot of really good work done. Of course, there were a couple of stragglers here and there, but, uh, you know, life gets in the way, and when life gets in the way, you have to take care of life first before you take care of your classes. I've seen a lot of students, um, especially at this school, who put things aside from their everyday lives because they want to get something done at school, and then they end up suffering for it. So don't do that to your life and to your family and your friends. Uh, take care of them first. Um, I know it's kind of hard to think in the abstract and think in the long term that, hey, maybe I don't need to take two years off from my everyday life so I can get a master's degree. Maybe I can get it done in four and get and have the enjoyment of a life as long as well as the enjoyment of uh, an education, which is what I did, by the way. So um, that's that's my my piece of advice on that. So, um, other than that, there's not much else, you know, to say. Everybody's been busy with Zika. Zika, Zika, Zika seems to be the thing that uh, everybody's focusing on. And it's coming. It's going to be here in the United States. We're probably going to have a few domestic uh, cases, uh, probably in the Gulf uh, Coast region, Florida, etc. If you really think about it, we already have them in the United States and that there's already domestic transmission in well-established in Puerto Rico. So that place is a no-go zone for anybody trying to get pregnant right now. And it hurts me to say that because at the same time, I think about the women who are there who are already getting pregnant. And if, in case you don't know, Puerto Rico is going through a very, very bad fiscal crisis. And so that fiscal crisis is going to affect how the delivery of healthcare uh, is going to be done and public health as well. So you're going to have a lot of cases in Puerto Rico and you're going to have a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of children being born with cerebral abnormalities because of the virus. And you're going to have some adults who have some neurological conditions because of the virus. And all because people don't seem to be able to agree that a territory of the United States probably shouldn't be in default on its debts, especially when the United States is the biggest economy in the world. So that just gets me upset because I can understand where a place like Haiti or a place like um, uh, places in Central America where you have this public health emergency, but there are other infrastructure and other problems that are bigger at the moment that need to be taken care of and how Zika might actually fall through the cracks. But in Puerto Rico, a territory of the United States of America, seriously, that's the uh, I just I can't I, I can't it, it gets me all riled up so uh, that's that's the other thing that I, I've been focusing on um, finally for this week um, I'm planning a trip down to Mexico again in, in the summer um, after running the half marathon a couple of weeks ago uh, I decided that it was time to maybe go back to Mexico I haven't been there in two years and then uh, visit the family and this time my wife has uh, Agree to come along, so maybe we'll record an episode of Driving Miss D while on the road in West Texas. Much like I did the, I don't know if you remember, I actually recorded myself driving out there. It was a, like a one hour recording. But um, yeah, that's the plan for the summer. I'm also going to go to Alaska for the uh, conference of the Council of State and Territorial Epidemiologists to get to meet and greet a lot of epidemiologists who work at the local and state level and get to hear their presentations and what knowledge they have to transmit to the rest of us who are looking to be uh, professional epidemiologists. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be in Alaska. That's going to be really, really neat. So I hope to get some pictures up there, and uh, maybe I'll do a Talking Tuesday from up there. So uh, I'm approaching 12 minutes plus, so that's that's about the length of time that I have for this week. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Again, I apologize that I haven't done these um, as often as I should. 
But, you know, life gets in the way, just like I said earlier. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your time. And I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Mm-hmm.